Hey everyone, so welcome back this week. I am actually recording this early. I'm recording this on Monday and it's going to go out on Wednesday and I've been really behind the last few weeks. I mentioned that so I'm trying this week to use my Monday evening to do the work that I'm supposed to do so I'm not stressed out later in the week. So we'll see how that goes. This could be the last thing I do tonight and then be in the same shape as I've been in. This guy that I'm going to interview, I met on a work call and basically the guy looked like this emoji, the emo emoji in Microsoft Teams. So if anyone hasn't seen that, it's like a little guy that looks a little moody and he has like the emo hair, like this black hair that kind of falls in front of his eyes. And then the emoji is animated and the hair kind of flops up and goes back down. And he just looked exactly like that. And I couldn't help but laugh when I met him. And he's at the client. But we ended up just chatting. And it's kind of one of those things where if if you spend a moment just chatting with someone on a human level before you get to the business or get to whatever, you can find out so much and connect with them. And so him and I just really hit it off. And we ended up talking later. And he's cool because he works in pharmaceuticals but then he also does music and music was almost his career and maybe it will be one day still and I listened to some of his stuff and was just really interested in him so we ended up having a chat and our chat meanders a little bit he this is his first podcast and it was fun to get to just be that person for him that the first podcast he's on but we ended up just talking about some issues I didn't think we'd talk about and we get into some things later in the podcast about just um, really it was recorded during June during Pride Month and maybe things were on my mind but we talk about an experience he had dealing with some discrimination and just how impacting that was to him and and then just further kind of talk about Pride and I had this epiphany during our chat about why there are Pride Parades and why there are special events for certain groups of people and I really when I was listening back, I had kind of forgotten we talked about that, to be honest, when I was going to edit. And I'm really proud of the conversation because I just think that, you know, people make fun of wokeness and woke is used as a weapon now. But honestly, there's so much we can do to be woke and to be awake and to see things from others' perspectives. And I think being woke just means just that. It means you're awake. It means you had ideas and you have new ideas because you woke up and saw something from someone else's point of view. I don't think it has to be a bad thing. I don't think it always has to lead to the canceling of someone. For me, being woke means becoming a more compassionate person who's more inclusive of other people. And I know it can be used in a bad way too and you know, defending people who didn't ask to be defended and you know, to go after people, but I also think it's a good thing to just not walk in someone's shoes. I don't think that's that even makes sense at all. But I think it's good to try to see something from someone else's point of view. And that even means people I disagree with. I mean, right now, there's a lot of people I disagree with. And I'm trying really hard to see things from their point of view before I lose my temper. <laughs> but it doesn't always work. But part of wokeness is too understanding people you don't agree with, right? So anyway, we talk a little bit about that. And I just thought it was, uh, I don't know, it was pretty cool just to have someone to talk about that stuff with too. And then just talking about music and his experiences in music, because my first podcast that I did was with pirate pods and we 
interviewed music artists and I I still I really love music so it was fun to talk to someone in that space. It's a pretty light interview. Leo's a really cool guy, cool Swedish guy and who I've kept in touch with now, which is fun. And I'm just glad for you to hear this. So, thanks for being here. If you can follow, share, review, all that, that would be great. If you have ideas for guests, let me know at morethanworkpod at gmail.com. But now we'll just start the show. Welcome to More Than Work, the podcast reminding you that your self-worth is defined by more than your job title. I'm Rabia, an IT project manager, comedian, nonprofit volunteer, and sometimes activist. Every week, I'll chat with a guest about pursuing passions outside of work or creating meaningful opportunities inside the workplace. As you listen, I hope you'll be inspired to do the same. Here we go. Welcome back. This week, I'm really excited because this this conversation I'm going to have kind of reminds me of the first podcast I ever did, which was Pirate Pods, which was me interviewing musicians. And I have a musician on this week. It's Leo Leosen. He's actually in Sweden. So I think this is my first guest in Sweden. And it's kind of fun being over here in London. I can talk to people in Europe, but he's a music artist and a pharmacist. And we'll get into how we met. But how's it going, Leo? I'm good. I'm feeling 100. How are you doing? Pretty good. Probably feeling more like 97 just because I'm not <laughs> done with my first coffee yet. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit to the More Than Work audience? Yeah, cool. My name is Leo. And well, uh, yeah, people think I look like the emo emoji. <laughs> and um, I'm half Swedish, half Indonesian. And actually, my whole life, I grew up in south of Sweden in a small town called Lund. And right now I'm based in Sweden. So yeah, I have a master's degree in pharmacy and right now working at the pharma industry and as a side project working within the music industry also as a songwriter and an artist, actually, which I think is great. You know, I have a balance in life and yeah, that's why I'm feeling 100 right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. And we met on a work call and I did think you looked like on Microsoft Teams for anyone who knows about Microsoft Teams there's an emoji called emo and I really thought Leo looked like that and being the professional I am I told him that so yeah, <laughs> yeah it was so funny actually <laughs> uh, how we met yeah I think anyone listening is like wait this guy is in the pharma industry and has a degree in that but is also a musician so can you talk about music did come first for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how did you start out in music? I was quite young. So I was like, I'm, I'm maybe six, seven years. And my father, he actually forced me to play some instrument. I don't know what, why, actually. Maybe he thought I was lost as a child or something. But <laughs> he was like driving me to this place. And he's like, yeah, choose instrument. So first I wanted to play piano and uh, He's like, no, piano is too big and it's too expensive. So I chose the guitar and I thought it was cool. And yeah, at the beginning, I played classical guitar. And to be honest, I I hated it for like six, seven years. 
I mean, it wasn't cool. You understand what I mean? All mm. the kids, they played sports and, you know, they were getting the girls, you know, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. on. And I just played classical guitar. Later, when I became like 13, 14, and reading these notes, I mean, the classical music, it became boring in some way. So I tried to, I, ch- I changed the notes and I, and I met my teacher and like, you know, I would like this at this way, you know, this song this way instead. And then he actually started everything. He's like, you know, you're doing the right stuff. You're actually creating something. And uh, I didn't think about it in that way. But later I heard, you know, Creep from Radiohead, such a great song. And uh, I started singing and, you know, doing covers actually. After, you know, I played that song a hundred times at my school, I actually played for 500 people the first time just to show something. And that became an effect in some way that, you know, it felt like, I was at the right place. I'm telling people something of what I feel. And Creep is about actually a, a person in, oh, for me, you know, it's about a person in, in school mm-hmm. wanting that girl, but not feeling in the right place, not being in the right place and feeling like a creep following this, this girl. And that's what mm-hmm. I felt at that time. So I felt like I was telling something. And then later it actually escalated in some way that I was writing own songs. I played at cafes and my family was really positive about that. And also my friends. And what happened is that after some songs, I got a gig at a at a TV show for kids. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll try that. I had a contact um, that was working uh, at the TV station. And later a guy saw me in Stockholm and yeah, he just pushed in money, actually. He's like, you know, make an album. And I made an album when I was like 17, 18 in uh, South Sweden. And then later that spread out to Stockholm and uh, a record company called me. That's how everything started, actually. Hmm. So do you remember the first song you wrote? Like, is it still a song you would ever perform? Or are you just like, oh, that's too embarrassing? I mean, uh, yeah, I remember the first song I wrote. It's, yeah, it's a a bit embarrassing, actually. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, getting heartbroken and you're Mm. a kid uh, and everything. Like, oh, my life is so serious (laughs) and so on. (laughs) And that's how you think, you know, when you're you're quite young. But I can't remember it. But I remember, you know, how the lines, you know, uh, I think it started like, I'm a little boy sitting on the streets, you know. You (laughs) <laughs> you take yourself too seriously in some way. And it is like that. You know, that's, I'm totally into the emo emoji. So I was really emo <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's just, I mean, I, I've written a lot and it just throughout my life and I, I wanted to write and then I didn't. And now, now I'm writing a lot now, but I'll look back at journals and sometimes I debate like, is this stuff I burn or do I just leave it for, someone to read when I die because they're yeah Yeah. (laughs) because sometimes you read stuff that's old about that person who did break your heart and you're like Mm. I don't know why that broke my heart because they are like really not someone I would want to even 
talk to as a friend right now you know yeah yeah but but still also important you know like mm-hmm. it's it is you know that first interaction in some way with that person and and it actually develops you as a, a human being like you know the history and what what you are right now and of course i mean it's always heartbreak songs if you can call it that i i mean or you know situations they are important but not important in that way that you know your life depends on it but still you know you need to you need to live in some way yeah experience yeah and learn yeah. learn the different words for despair and i guess when we're 16 or 15 we learn all those words yeah <laughs> use all of them at once and now it's like you can be more economically sound with those words and maybe only use the spare ones. Yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the time now you're spending at the record label, but you're also, it sounds like around 17, 18. So you need to decide about school, right? And yeah. your path there. So what happens? I mean, how did you end up going? Because pharma, I mean, my opinion or my understanding, it's not really an opinion, it's just understanding, is that you have to be pretty smart and you have to (laughs) understand science and probably math and Mm -hmm. really be focused academically. So how'd you go that route versus like, you know, other ones? Well, yeah, to tell you the truth, if you start from Lund, south of Sweden, there are actually two cities in Sweden. It's Lund and another city that's called Uppsala. And Uppsala is like one hour with train uh, to Stockholm. And the families or the culture in these cities is some way that, you know, when you grow up, you should be in academia in some way. They're, these are university cities. so So it's very important in the culture that you know you study further actually and Mm -hmm. we live in this this kind of bubble actually that that everybody needs to take a degree in something Mm -hmm. and and i had the music going on but i knew you know i was i needed to have a degree too in some way not just i mean it was most about you know making it in life and actually pay pay your uh, uh, the invoices and you know make a living in some way so at this point when i got a record deal in stockholm the record company was in stockholm i needed to find a way how how do i make money and well so yeah that was you know i'm like yeah okay i will be a pharmacist and and I wasn't interested in some way, you know, I was, I think it started from, I was like 13 or 14. And then I was at the pharmacy is going to buy a toothbrush or something. Uh, I don't know. And I saw this guy in front of me at the queue and he was, (laughs) he was, he was buying condoms and I'm like, okay, shit, you know, like how much money do you make by selling condoms? And then I, (laughs) I went to, I went, and you know checked up the salary i'm like okay that that sounds good you know Mm -hmm. i didn't know knew that if you're a pharmacist that you could work actually in the pharma industry also Mm -hmm. not in the actual pharmacy only so i thought you know that's chill you know okay i could be a pharmacist selling condoms every day you know (laughs) that's no problem (laughs) and so yeah I, i applied and i did a master's and then in Uppsala so i moved to Uppsala because it was close to stockholm and it's actually 
exactly same city as Lund. So I didn't feel mm-hmm. that was like, you know, a way. Of course, you know, I miss my parents and my family. But yeah, it was, you know, I just started my own life there. And uh, while working at the music industry, I commuted to Stockholm, working with songwriters and then also making my, how do you say it, the tests at at the uni. And it went well. I thought it was going to be really hard, but I think it's about the time you put in, in Mm -hmm. reading. Some people, it goes really fast. And for others, I mean, you need to take time to read it. But it doesn't mean... It does. It absolutely doesn't mean that just because it takes longer time that uh, one would be, you know, stupid in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just about actually it's the persona, you know. As I see in the pharma industry, people have different personas how how you work with each other and so yeah. on. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, and that's true about learning. I think it's one of those things when you're learning and I'm back in school right now, I'm on a break. Thank goodness. But in August it's back up and I'm a bit nervous because I'm going to be doing school with COVID not as it's still COVID. We're still in a pandemic, but things are open. So I, there's now this temptation to be outside where when I did school in the winter, it was easy because mm. there was nowhere to go. But one thing I, that was shocking to me, because school was never hard for me, really, but I worked really hard, but it was never like, oh, I can't do it. Now, at this age, and trying to read, and realizing how long it's taking me to read, I'm like, oh, and I did have this thought, like, oh, I'm dumb. Like, something (laughs) happened. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, but I think it's just a matter of, yeah, you putting the work in, you putting the time, if it's going to take you longer to read, then make the time to read. Yeah. And then you can do it, and you have to just know to focus that time. And I think when you're young... If anyone's listening to this now that's really young and starting school, I mean, it's just, it's not super easy for anyone. It's just, but there's just different time it takes people. So that's a good, good shout. Because if you're having a hard time, doesn't mean you're not capable. It's just, you have to put more work in. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, to be honest, I, I think that work is actually more easier than, than uni and school in some way. I, I mean, you read about you read about chemistry and everything and actually you know to be honest the majority maybe 60 70 percent i didn't need at work in some right way. that was that was more like how how driven are you how c- creative can you be actually at work uh, and giving the results in some way that's my thought uh, to it i agree that's the whole thing too i mean this is a digression but if we'll see if you want to go here There's this whole thing, too, and I don't know if it's like this in Europe as much, but in the United States, there's this thing about a lot of jobs have a requirement for education, right? Mm. And I have friends who didn't finish college. Actually, I have one friend I'm really proud of who's going back to school now in her 30s and going to finish and do her degree. But Mm. this ends up being this hindrance for people because they can't get a job that they want because they don't have their college degree. They either didn't finish or whatever, but college is also very cost prohibitive. But I do think that it doesn't necessarily prepare you for work. I mean, in certain things, like, of course, you need a medical degree. Like, you don't want to go to a surgeon who said, oh, well, you know, I just, I just didn't have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Of course, of course. Yeah. But Uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm just thinking about that. Like, where'd you go? Well, I didn't, but it's fine. I watched er and then i watched Grey's anatomy we're good yeah know? but yeah I, i'm totally cool you know i could do that <laughs> i could do the surgery 
But for yeah. a job like I have even, I mean, there's no reason I would have had to go to college or not. I'm not using, I was a poli sci major. It doesn't matter. I'm not doing that. So like, I don't know about, how's that over here? I mean, do people have, do they have the same requirements? Like if you don't have a university degree, you cannot work. Yeah, I mean, I believe you know a lot of a lot of jobs that I've seen. You know, they they're actually asking you know like, oh yeah, you need twenty years of experience, but you need to be eighteen years old or something. You know, <laughs> it's like crazy. But later, you know, you just apply. You you make a cold call, actually, and and uh, it's some way that is your. That's the hardest part, actually. You're marketing yourself mm-hmm. at the job, and and you know, writing good things about yourself, but. You know the truth is everybody's human, so so I, I don't believe that's the truth. You know, like a CV. I mean, it's not the whole truth about the person, but of course, you know, like in certain aspects of what you're gonna work with, you need you need a certain degree. As you said, if you're a surgeon, you need to be, you know, you need <laughs> you need to do some kind of surgery before. So, but to be honest, I mean, I would see that. Like you know, World of Warcraft, for example. I'm so aware of it. We have yes, yeah, yeah. I, I play a little, you know, just <laughs> you know, just to chill. But it's crazy, actually, because there are 20 people in in a raid group, and you have this raid leader, you know, you know, communicating and actually systemize, you know, what everybody should do at the same time, mm-hmm. and that's quite complicated. I have a colleague actually that's he's crazy in it, and 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 I would say that. You know, for certain projects, a raid leader would actually be really good, you know, because they have, you know, they can, they can multitask and think Mm -hmm. about different stuff at the same time, all the time. So uh, you could say that that is, that is a great CV, uh, you know, according to me. Oh, that's an, yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it too, because it is skill. It's skill more than just like, oh, did you pass some classes? And it doesn't even matter what your GPA was. Did you pass some classes? So. All right, so you you go into your pharmacy degree, but then you just keep music yeah. going too, right? So yeah, is there any point where you're in music full time? When I was in uni, I was at a rec- record company that's called Ten Music Group back in the day, and you know people were killers there. Actually, you grew up in this small town, mm-hmm. and you're you're just by yourself. Like, oh shit, I'm pretty good. I'm writing these songs. Yeah. But then later you meet. A lot of people like you and even better, you know, and you get, you know, you have this fire in you like, shit, I want to write better songs and I want to be more deep and go into the, you know, actually, you know, see the music uh, itself. And but I got I got a lot of time, but I didn't accomplish. I, I think I didn't accomplish what I wanted, actually. So I was in this record company. I mean, we had artists like Sarah Larson, if you know her, and and Elephant, Eric Hasler, and, and so on. So And uh, Icona Pop also, uh-huh. and that wrote, I love it. And then there was me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> there were uh-huh. a lot of artists. And all of them su- succeeded, actually. And I didn't. I was there for five years. And I got my master's degree at the same time, of course. But they let me go and they said, you know, they were really nice. And they said, you know, like, we're sorry, Leo. And this, your music didn't work uh, in that way. Mm-hmm. And 
But what I gained from that was a lot of contacts from the music industry. And that was actually, uh, one of them was Naked. He worked as a songwriter there at the same time. Naked is, yeah, Vic, we call him. But then the project started there, actually, at the same time as I was working. I got a job at the local health authority for medicinal products in Sweden. That's very strict. Their regulations, mm-hmm. their regulatory frameworks for medicines has got to be secure. But I made a deal with them that I'll work in the music industry one time a week. Okay. And I will work with them four days a week. So that was great. That had to be unusual for them. What made you... I don't know, almost because to me, I'm just thinking about when I was starting out working and to be able to just ask that question, even do you have any idea thinking back now, like what I I think that's an important thing for people to hear about. I mean, because a lot of times people think, well, because I'm doing one thing, I can't do another thing. And it took me a long time to realize that wasn't true. So do you know what made you do that at the time or looking back, like what you think of the Leo that did that at the time that went and said, okay, I got this, my first job out of school basically. And I'm going to say, Hey, and I need this day a week to do music. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's interesting because yeah. How do I explain that? You're in for the work. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I started a hundred percent there uh, working. And then later, and they, they told me, you know, what kind of hobbies do you like? I'm like, I, I, I play a, a little guitar, you know, not, not so serious. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And uh, later, you know, they get to know me. So you're, you're at work with colleagues and, you know, you share bits of yourself all the time. And it increases and then they get to know you as a person. For me, it's very important. When you mm-hmm. go to a job, you need to be yourself. But also... If you know yourself, you know, you, you can't give everything of yourself at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it, it takes a little time. Then I had a, a meeting with my boss and actually I said, you know, I work also uh, with songwriting and within the music industry. And that gives me a lot of energy and I could actually provide more effective work at this job if I actually do the music industry. So, I mean, there these are two different worlds, but I like, that's how I work. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't want to see one job all the time. And they were very positive for it, you know, and we found we found a solution. So that worked well. But a funny thing is that because I have another project that's called uh, Lil Indo with <laughs> Naked and it's an alter ego, actually. Uh, and he, he's a rapper just for fun. We were going to release... Little Indo and Naked were going to release a song. Uh, and Naked was quite big at the time. And at the interview, I didn't talk about Little Indo, of course. But later when I was going to start there, after the interview, I got the job. And then there was three mm-hmm. months uh, until I was going to start there. So I grew a mustache, actually. So they, they, <laughs> they didn't notice me if they would hear, accidentally hear Little Indo and, mm-hmm. and see him. Because I, I, I didn't feel, you know, this was the right person at, at the medical products agency (laughs) so but that was another side of me and i I didn't want to show it in that way yeah and kind of respect where you're going to be working too yeah of course of course i guess one thing that really resonates with me is that you were at the record company and they told you hey it's not working out here but you found someone in vic or in naked that still wanted to work with you and did you have any point where you just kind of Cause I, I do, you know, I do comedy and this podcast and in the comedy, especially, I mean, you on a nightly basis can get that rejection (laughs) 
And then you have to somehow pull yourself together and say, nope, I'm still going to do it. And so did you have any th- mm. any moment of like Dark Knight of the Soul, as it's called, or a moment of self-doubt or reckoning with yourself that said, hey, I'm still going to do music? Or did you just kind of go, all right, and move on? I mean, how, was your resilience already that high that you just it didn't affect you? No, I mean, every day, actually, you have self-doubt all the time at the record company and meet different people. And, and they are very driven. And you see them that they are in the same situation, actually, that they have self, self-doubt about their music, but still working hard for it. And you need to find some kind of, how do you na- uh, how do you say it, like some kind of ignition or a fire, you know, within yourself to actually pursue it a hundred percent. To be honest, I know I, I felt I felt quite, you know, it's a lot of anxiety and I felt uh, a lot of hate towards people, and you know, hate mm-hmm. is a strong word. You know, but you're you know you're young, you know, you're just driven, and. Uh, you wanted, you know, you wanted to prove something. For me, it was like to prove something and, and somehow giving revenge that, I, you know, I'll make it. Mm-hmm. You'll see. That was a lot. It, it wasn't towards maybe the record company at whole, you know, but it was maybe, you know, I, I wanted to show people that I met, you know, like I can make it uh, just so you know. But and somehow, you know, you find peace with yourself to actually like right now, I found a lot of peace within myself that, you know, this works. And I mean, I, I can't say certain stories, but I, I mean, of course, during certain situations, I felt that I got backstabbed mm-hmm. during certain projects. But also you need to forgive people mm-hmm. to find peace. And that's how I that's how I deal with it at a later point. Right. But everybody has some kind of, you know, drive inside yourself to actually uh, complete it you know it's a hard business and we have just a lot of songwriters in the world and a lot of them are really good but they haven't found the timing at the situation to actually be very big and uh, some has found the timing and some you know some are just lucky it's a complicated world out there within the music industry yeah well does having another skill set because other people i've talked to it's kind of in performance who have have something else where they're not relying 100% on that paycheck because there's some kind of privilege to not relying 100% on your art to produce income for you and security and stability right so yeah does you having made the decision to go to school and having another a career helped you with your music in, a, in a, any way I mean I know where it could hinder it because you don't have enough time maybe but has it helped you in any way yeah, I believe so. Actually, security is quite important, you know, to buy an apartment and, you know, to have bread mm-hmm. on the table and everything. And I I think I was a bit scared, actually. I, I think about it today. You know, what what would happen if I didn't go to uni and did the music 100%? What would happen? Would I make it uh, for real? And I think back sometimes, but also, you know, the security you have, you get your paycheck, you pay your bills and everything is yeah. stable. That feels quite good yeah. also. It's nothing wrong, you know, to have your own apartment and to live a good mm-hmm. life, you know, doing the work at a normal job, if you can call it that, and do something that you love also uh, at the yeah. same time. And I always thought, okay, if I would make it. If I was that good, I would make it, even if I had a normal job. So, and, you know, I still do it because I love the music and I still do it. And it's very important to me. And I, I don't have any due date, you know, when I, when I should 
stop with mm-hmm. the music. You know, as I'm getting older, I'll just continue with it until I say, you know, this doesn't yeah. work. Uh, maybe you know I'll discontinue with the normal job and do the music hundred percent. You know, if it feels right in the in that mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, so it's like you're open to both options. Yeah. yeah, of course. Well, so let's talk about, I think, just I know you've had some kind of adventures, so to speak, with the collective of musicians you're with and with Naked, like about when you were visiting Lollapalooza. Can you talk about that? Yeah. To explain first, like there is Naked and this is Vic. He's the songwriter, the mastermind of everything. And then we have Sad Mike <laughs> because he looks so sad all the time. But he, he is more the business of the Naked Collective or, you know, the Naked mm-hmm. Project and together with a guy that's called Tobish. And also there's me. So we're four people. That is the Naked Collective. At that time when I was working one once a week at the Naked Collective, but at the same time, I was working at the local health authority for Sweden for medicinal products. I, I went there that morning and later Sad Mike says, you know, we have a meeting, you know, you should come with. We have a meeting with a record company. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's do it. This guy at the record company, he he actually invites us to this, pre, you know, big pre-party for the Lollapalooza in Stockholm. So we're at the, this pre-party just like full of booze everywhere (laughs) we're like yeah okay let's party one thing led to another we got full day tickets you know worth you know 350 dollars about to the whole lulapalooza from the record company we went to this vip place at lulapalooza drinking more beers and having a good time and you know to explain the situation is that i had a shirt you know it's very flowery it's like a shirt you know full of flowers on it and then i had sunglasses and i had a briefcase i looked very business people and all the artists there you know they looked really cool and everything but i looked like very business like like some kind of pablo escobar drug lord i had two computers my work computer uh, from the medical products agency and my personal computer for the music industry and this (laughs) this cop is a a civilian you know he's dressed up as a civilian and he and he he pats me on the shoulder and he says hi, you need to come with me. Like, hi, why? why? And I'm like, no, I I think this is a normal person, you know? And like, but who are you? And he's like, no, 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 I'm the narcotics police. I'm like, what? (laughs) But he didn't show a badge or anything. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not the narcotics police. Stop joking around. Sit down, take a beer with us. Uh, And he's like, no, no, I am. So I follow him. And And I get quite suspicious, like, is yeah, this yeah. actually the narcotics police? And uh, he shows his badge. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> shit, this is serious, you know. He thinks I have narcotics. And I'm not I'm not that kind right. of guy, you know. I never do anything like that. But it, it is, of course, you know, it's good that they're there because there are a lot of people in the music industry that are doing drugs. But, you know, th- yeah. that's not my play, you know. Uh, so he took, you know, the totally <laughs> wrong person. And he's like asking me, Okay, so what do you have in that briefcase? And I'm like, well, yeah, I have two computers, PlayStation hand control. He's like, why do you have a PlayStation hand control? And I'm, I'm explaining the situation. And he's like, okay, what's your name? I'm like, Leo Leoson. He's like, what? Show me your ID. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. And then he's like, where do you work? 
I'm like, ah, I work at the medical products agency, but also I work in the music industry. He's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and so he got so surprised and he was like looking at my bag and everything. And yeah, he didn't know what to do. And he was like, explain, he was like asking, you know, why, why are you here? I'm like, it's this, it's a long situation. You know, I, <laughs> I, I am a pharmacist and I work actually at the local health authority for medicinal products and, 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 but also in the music industry. And he's like, okay, great. <laughs> you know, you're free to go. And, uh, and later, you know, when the night went on, the Lilindo song with Naked had dropped and, and, you know, it was, it was a lot of talk about that. So at the night, me and Vic, we were drinking beer and this guy also pats me <laughs> in the back and he and he asks me, "Hi, man. Are you are you Lilindo?" And I'm like, I'm like, shit. Th- this is <laughs> this is crazy. So I, I was like, Yeah, yeah, man. I'm I'm Lilindo. You know. And he has this dialect, this Lilindo guy. They're like, Oh, that's so cool, man. Can we take a selfie with you? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, great, great. Yeah, let's let's take a selfie. Let's take a selfie. And so funny because these people, they're Swedish, and I. I <laughs> I know Swedish, but Lilindo, he's, you know, he works in LA and, and uh, he's from Indonesia and so on. Uh, so they were, we were talking English. Vic was talking English with them and I was talking English with them. And then they were, you know, they, these were new producers. So they asked Vic, you know, the new Vic was from Naked and they were talking Swedish later. Yeah, yeah. I just did everything, of course. And they, you know, they were asking. And then, you know, I, I, I just went a bit further. So I was like, yo, yo, I don't understand Swedish. Can you fucking translate for me? So I made Vic <laughs> translate what they were talking about in Swedish to me in English. But that was, that was crazy. You know, I, I realized that, you know, some somehow people love a yeah. character in some way that goes a hundred percent and and recognized as an alter ego it wasn't as me leo and but that was that was okay it, it is strange like we we go in different gigs and when i'm lilindo i talk english of course and and people think i'm mm-hmm. international in some way and they get crazy about it and somehow you know people after the concert comes and they're like shit man you were great and i I talk English with this Lilindo dialect and it's not a secret, you know, but we yeah, just yeah. do it just for fun. So, yeah. So, yeah. So I think a lot of artists, there's this idea that if you, you know, you can do a lot alone, right? Like you're a solo artist and stuff, but then there's also like mm. this aspect of you being in a collective. So do you see pluses and minuses of either one? Yeah. I mean, the plus side is somehow that I'm with people that I love, you know, the Naked Collective, they're, they're my best friends, uh, and and it's so fun to do projects with them, especially Vic, who I've known a long time. But the l- alone thing, I, I think, you know, as the singer-songwriter, Leo, at that sense, is that I could do music that is not something about myself in some way. It's something that that is that is me when I was 14 years old, for example, when I started singing songs, and, and it's, it's an importance to me to actually share with people outside 
what I have written and what I feel mm-hmm. uh, in certain ways. And I think I'm lucky uh, in that sense to have it that way. Of course, I mean, the negative aspects of, for example, the Lilindo thing is that it is, it is still me mm-hmm. in a certain way. It's like another side of me that I could get crazy and mm-hmm. shout out at gigs and be a rap star. But also, it, it is sometimes in my mind, like, is that mm-hmm. actually me? You know, it, it could be embarrassing yeah. in some way, but it's not. You understand what I mean? Uh, it's really hard to explain. It's strange in this situation where I am, in, you know, working yeah. at the pharma industry, doing music as Leo Leos and being Lilindo as a rap star, working mm-hmm. with the Naked Collective. But also, I feel free in some way to do actually what I want and whenever I well, want. Well, I think, yeah, part of, I think, knowing ourselves is knowing that we're not one-dimensional. And there are, like, the little endo to me is an expression of ego just from looking at yeah. what I've seen of it, of that persona. And, and it's different than the vulnerability that you have singing about your feelings, Right. And they're both vulnerable in different ways because, you know, this exposure of ego is also vulnerable, but in a different way. Right. Because if something Mm. happened negative to come out of that, then it's like, oh, well, they don't like that part of me. And then at work, I mean, works hard because there's a certain pride in being good at something and getting paid to be good at something, you know, even if it's whatever. Yeah what you want to do with your life ultimately your dreams or not so i don't know it is interesting because i know even with comedy i've had to explain to friends that just because when i'm on stage i look exactly like me and i sound like me it doesn't mean it's the person Mm. that you're getting a beer with it's a different part right yeah and it's a part that actually is pretty absolutely like yeah vulnerable and pretty easily hurt in a way in one hand, but also really a smart ass and can really cut you. And so like, I don't want that part to be who I'm, who my friends actually know as the person who cares about them. That's the person for the stage. So it's kind of, that's how I see it. Yeah. And, but do you feel also that there are, I mean, like Mm -hmm. different identities of yourself that you're sharing at the stage as a comedy uh, within, you know, stand up comedy. And also, I mean, would, would this podcast be different? You know, is your persona different from when you're oh, drinking sure. a beer with someone? For, for sure. Example? I just wrote an article that's, yeah. that got published about burnout and having balance and things like that. And part of me does that. And part of me fails at it all the time. And I almost felt like, am I an imposter writing this? But I thought, no, I'm not because these things are all true. But also it's not always what I do. I don't always follow mm. best practices regarding life (laughs) and with this podcast i mean part of it's learning and part of it's understanding and learning from other people's stories then reflecting and saying oh yeah and i've almost created a pressure on myself with this podcast in a weird way because i'm like oh am i being a hypocrite sometimes because i will Mm. put make work have this overarching control on my life sometimes and sometimes i won't i think that's all different aspects but when people become comfortable that they have flaws but they can just accept those and work on them and then they have different parts of themselves and different needs from those different parts you can live a fuller life kind of like what you're doing you know yeah 
And and also, as you said, all humans have flaws, and, and nobody's perfect in that way. But there is a different persona when you're working at a mm-hmm. regular job in that way. You need to, you need to show results, and you, you need to. Prof- of course, you need to be professional. And later, you find chemistry, of, of course, with different <laughs> colleagues, as, as you and me, of course, you know, when we were working. And, and we found like, okay, yeah. we, we think alike, you know, we we like to have mm-hmm. fun. And that's great, you know. Also, some kind of freedom that you could be yeah. honest with yourself also. And t- try different stuff all the time, you know. I, I'm not defined, you know, by my by the work I do all the time is mm-hmm. a different side of me, of course, but the music stuff is also another side of me. When I started at the Naked Collective, Vic was going to do a music video for their hit song, Sexual. And he had this idea, you know, about feeling sexual is, is some kind mm-hmm. of, you know, freeing yourself. And the music video was about a person dressing up as a drag queen. And he asked me, you know, can you do it? And I'm like, fuck it, let's go. And so we had we had a lot of makeup artists around. And the music video, you know, starts is this guy. He's actually, yeah, dressing up as a drag queen. And I looked I looked like a woman, you know. <laughs> I looked good. It felt good also. And then we're doing different shots around Stockholm. I was walking at the streets mm-hmm. and you know, there were people. And the film team, they were, you know, far away. So people thought I was alone. And I felt, you know, okay, Mm -hmm. this is how it feels. And it's disgusting, actually. You know, people people were, you Mm. know, calling me names and so on. And it it felt inside. Even if I – how do you explain it? Even if I'm not a drag queen, I, like, felt, okay, this is some kind of identity of me. There was a guy, you know, walking, you know, past me. And he he was whistling, you know, saying stupid stuff. Later, you know, I, I got angry. And mm-hmm. it was a really good music video. They sent it to the record company in the U.S. And the boss there got mad. He's like, what is this? What is this? We, we don't want this. And so mm-hmm. he never got released, actually. That's really sad. And I understood more and more, you know, these people, they're living a hard life. Oh, that's sexual. interesting. And just that you went through that whole experience, too. And I think... One thing, it's Pride Month. I don't, this podcast probably won't come out during that, during June. We're in June. But one epiphany that I had this year, because a lot of, there's a lot of prominence of, you know, people saying, oh, we don't get a straight Pride Parade and blah, blah, blah. You know, this stupid, stupid shit, basically. And I was just thinking about how that's because there's never been someone making you ashamed of being straight. So why you don't mm. need a pride parade when you've never been made by society to feel shame because you're not fighting against that. Yeah. And like there's this whole swath of people that identify off that binary who have been made in some way by society, by laws or by norms or by people or just by even being what you're taught as a kid about, you know, oh, you're a girl. Here's pink. You're a boy. Here's blue. You're a girl. What boy are you marrying? You're a boy. What yeah. girl are you marrying? That whole thing starts when you're mm. born. So there's yeah. no shame associated if you fall into that. So, yes, you do not need a pride month. You do not need acknowledgement of that or anything because you've never been put in a place where who you are is something that shame should be involved with. 
And I think you had a, like a look at that, yeah. like a person dressing outside of what they're assigned or whatever their gender is, they're dressing differently. And there's all this shame associated mm. with it all of a sudden. And there's no rule. No one, there's no rule. Yeah. Like women's clothes are women's clothes because someone put a label or put them in a section of a store that said women's clothing. Right. And same with men's, yeah, right? Like yeah. I wear jeans. They were men's clothes. And then women were allowed to wear jeans or pants. I mean, like just like trousers, women were not allowed to wear trousers. They mm. were men's clothes at some point. They became also women's clothes, but there are certain trousers that are for women and certain ones for men. But it's just like that alone shows how stupid. So I don't know. This is kind of a rant, but it just like made me think of that, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, you know, society builds up this picture of what Mm -hmm. what is okay or not. And we we grow up in that way. And, you know, like you know, you could still be straight, yeah. you know, and and try women's clothes. It doesn't matter. I, I mean, I, I've never felt uncomfortable with it. I, I mean, I grew up with four bigger sisters and they dressed me up as a, a, a <laughs> as a woman or a girl, you know, with dresses and so on. But, you know, yeah. that was just for fun, actually. So it is strange and I don't understand it, actually. But why people think it's mm-hmm. why that would be a problem. You know, if people could live yeah. how they want to live. Fortunately, you know, in Sweden, uh, we are quite open with it. You know, it is okay and so on. I, I right. thought so, like in a bigger picture. But when you were in that situation, and I got quite stressed up actually and quite sad uh, because when people call mm-hmm. your names, you know, you feel it, you know, inside of yourself. And when I met Vic and the film team, I'm like, uh, oh my God, you know, uh, it, it felt, it feels bad. And they're like, shit you know this is how people see it we didn't we didn't think Mm -hmm. it was going to be like that you know during the during the recording but it became like that certain Mm -hmm. people were watching really strange and and, you know screaming Mm -hmm. out yeah well and when you're a person you're an ally or you're woke or you consider yourself tolerant or whatever it's easy to think well because i don't feel that way and i would never say something like that to someone or i wouldn't look at them that way then that's not happening. But then it's like, oh, wait, but there's the experience of living in that. It's kind of like what we've had with racial reckoning too in the last year, especially of people not understanding there's a difference between saying I'm not racist and thinking that you're not doing things that are racist, but then being an ally. There's a big difference in that, Mm. in that acknowledgement also that things are happening to people and just by virtue of them walking in their skin they're experiencing something different than I am by walking in my skin. And I would say even you're yeah. half Indonesian, right? And half Swedish. So, I mean, yeah. that has to be a bit different even in Sweden, right? You're not like... Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. And, and I mean, we have a lot of ing- immigrants here. So that that's, that's not a problem. I never felt, you know, people in that sense were has calling me Mm -hmm. you know racist stuff in that way i mean there has been situations but i didn't care you know that Mm -hmm. was just words uh, in some way and a funny thing is that you know when people some people think maybe i look more from the sense Mm -hmm. that i know arabic and they (laughs) start talking arabic with me i'm like oh no no (laughs) i only know swedish i'm sorry uh they're like oh okay sorry and some people think you know i I look spanish (laughs) and talking spanish with me i'm like oh no i i don't know so much spanish yeah And, yeah. and i think that's fun you know that 
people actually uh, don't know. But I've always seen me as you know more Swedish uh, and also you know also half Indonesian uh, in that sense. But yeah. I've lived in Sweden my whole life, so so. Yeah, but it is, it is funny, you know, just because yeah, yeah. I don't look fully Swedish. You know how to say no? I don't speak whatever language in five languages now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like no hablo español. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's only what I know. So, oh man, yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for. I mean, that got kind of a, on a tangent, I guess. But I think it was nice to be able to chat about that too. I mean, that's just an aspect of being human, right? Is there anything we yeah, didn't? Of talk about that you want to something that i would actually would like to share is how is it to meet somebody that you look up to and you know the superstars and everything my influences from the music is mm -hmm. actually radiohead tricky massive attack i got an opportunity to meet tricky he sent out something like here's a track and write a top line on it, you know, write some lyrics and do a song, send it to me. And he was, you know, checking everything. And then later I got an email from his team where, yeah, come to my gig and play oh, in wow. Copenhagen and sing. Yeah. And that was, that was so crazy, you know, because you see, he's been in different shows and he was the biggest in the nineties together with the massive attack. And, and then later, you know, you get to meet him. And that situation when I was, I went to Copenhagen, was really nervous, drinking some beers, and um, and it was going to be a sound check. Um, of course, that sound check was like <laughs> three hours later after ten beers when I was waiting. And then later he went past me, and you know, tricky. You know, he has like tattoos everywhere, and he, you know, he looks really dangerous, you know, <laughs> in some way. And studied yeah. at uni at that time. So I had a shirt, you know, I looked really proper. I didn't know. I just wanted to be myself in, in that sense. And he went past me with a spliff in his, <laughs> in his mouth, walking past me, ice cold. And then later he came back and he was like, are you Leo? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm Leo. <laughs> He's like, cool, cool, cool. We're going to do sound check now. We just did a verse. 10 seconds, all right? And he, he explains really complicated, like, okay, you go in, in the middle of the concert, you just go up, present yourself, and just do it. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so the concert starts, right? And then the punk starts, you know, it's like a bass. And I'm like, whoa, shit, I'm going up there. In the middle, I'm getting more nervous. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, after five songs, I should go in. And then later, Tricky comes. He, you know, a bass is going during this song. And he comes to me backstage. He's like, Mike, okay, you go up there, present yourself, and being a fucking king. I'm like, okay, okay, cool. But I'm like, Tricky, can I take a selfie with you? He's like, looking at me, he's like, no, Mike. We are on a <laughs> fucking concert. I'm like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, cool, oh cool. I'll God. go. Because you're like, <laughs> he's in the middle of the show. And you're like, oh, and, can I get a selfie really quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted a <laughs> selfie with him also. Uh, and <laughs> and I'm, I'm going up the stage. 
So I'm like, I'm explain. I'm I'm presenting myself in English. Like, hi everybody, I'm Leo Leoson, and I'm gonna sing a song with Tricky. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. It didn't sound cool anyway. So, and everybody's like, what? <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> and I come in in the song、oh, totally wrong. You know, I'm nervous, and everything is like, you know, totally wrong. And Tricky screams out, "Break! Break!" And this this singer comes to me, and she's like, "Leo, take it easy." I'm like, "Yeah," and you know, present yourself in your own language. And I'm like, "But I'm Swedish, and they're Danish." <laughs> and she's like, "Present it in Swedish anyway." Then I'm like, "Okay, cool."、Uh, and I, I'm presenting in Swedish. Hi, I'm Leo, and everybody's like,、Rah! later, you know, in Swedish. I'm like, I'm from south of Sweden, so yeah, close to Denmark. So let's let's do this. And they're like, yeah. And then later, everything、yeah. went right, you know. At that, I, I came in right, and yeah, that was that was the most crazy experience I had, actually. You know, meeting、yeah. your superstar and actually performing with him—I'll never forget. Did you、that. get the selfie at all, ever? Oh no, I didn't. I, I mean, and then later I was went out. You know, people were like, "Oh shit, great, great." You know, I went out to the public. And I'm like, okay, shit. Maybe after the concert, I should go in, but I didn't dare actually. So I just went home, and I'm like, you know, fine.、Yeah. This experience is great, you know. And maybe if I talk to him more, I mean, the experience would change、yeah. in that way. So I was just happy、uh, that everything went well. And I think he's quite a complicated person. He、mm. has a really dark side, as I've read about him. So yeah. So you know, keep it at that and being yeah, and just、totally. enjoy it. Oh no, that's really cool. So I ask a set of questions called the Fun Five, but before that, just is there any like last advice or mantra you want to share that you maybe follow or like to impart on people? Like you know,、yeah. like what I want to say to people. Well, you know, yeah, I think just give love to every people, everybody that you meet, and and also you know, don't be scared of doing stuff. You know. Do stuff that you're actually uncomfortable with. Try it out first, and you know, get that experience. And also within the music, I mean, every gig is important. It doesn't matter if it's cafes or big gigs, or if you're, you know, if you feel no, this doesn't feel right. Do it anyway, because you never know, you know, when that timing comes that somebody looks at you and say, you know,、mm-hmm. let's do a project, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger.、Yeah. Cool. So. Yeah. Nice. This is the fun five. What is the oldest T-shirt you have and still wear? My favorite shirt that would be my my fish shirt, actually from Eden. So it's like full of fishes, and every time I go out, people's like, "Oh shit, I I love the fishes you have." It's like your peacock shirt when you're showing off. You wear your loud fish shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I'm. <laughs> When I feel like I want a peacock, okay, I use that、okay. shirt. Yeah. So one thing that's been said is like, there's that movie Groundhog's Day. Have you seen it? Where Bill Murray's in it, and he every day is the same. Like he wakes up and the same day, and then、oh, he wakes up、yeah. again the same day. Like same stuff happens, and he'll try to change things, but always the same result. So、yeah. during COVID, it's been like every day feels like Groundhog's Day. So if it was, what song would you have your alarm、yeah. clock play? I think you know Pete Doherty, yeah, from the Baby Shambles. I think the、okay. Lost Art of Murder, yeah, it's a really nice song that <laughs> I don't think is about murder, but it just goes, you know, 
because I was at a party one time and I slept at a friend's place and he put that song on and I woke up and it starts like, you know, roll a floor, no, roll a four, Mm -hmm. roll a nine or something. And then, you know, it's just calming and you just wake up and it's sunlight and that memory is yeah quite great to me. So that would be that song actually. All right. So coffee or tea or neither? Coffee. Do you take it any certain way? Black, actually. Yeah. Sometimes a cappuccino, that would be nice. But yeah. Yep. Black coffee. Okay. And can you think of a time you like laughed so hard you cried or just couldn't stop or something memory that makes you do that? Oh. <laughs> Ooh. No, I can't think of it. <laughs> that's that's know, hard questions, um, actually. Well, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, for me, it's just some stuff with my siblings really gets me. We just always laugh, like me and my sister. Yeah. We used to get in trouble for laughing. Yeah. We'd be out of control at <laughs> oh, yeah, the dinner do, table. Like, I mean, it was probably fair. But my brother would always, <laughs> stupid. We Like, say my mom made mashed potatoes. He would always, like, try to take the whole amount and like pretend he's in a stick in his mouth you know like all of it <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> and we would laugh and then she'd be like stop stop laughing but she would almost laugh so yeah so anyway fine people get mine one of mine that makes me laugh all right and who inspires you right now yeah i, I mean right now actually it's a lot of people that inspires me but but right now yeah. I, I think yeah my colleague mark actually you met him yeah, he's just a great guy, always 100% yeah. and always so nice. And you get, you know, I'm like, you know, first time I met him, I'm like, is he real? You know, I never met anybody so professional, so nice, and always, you know, mm-hmm. cares about other people all the time. Just a great guy, actually. And that, that that inspires me a lot. So if people want to find you, where should they follow you or where should they go to look, look you up? Yeah, go on Spotify uh, and you'll find some songs about me there. Okay, cool. And uh, I'll link to that in your any of your social stuff. Cool. All right. Well, Leo, it was a lot of fun chatting and getting to know more about your music career and just also your career, but just and what, what makes you tick with those. So thanks so much. Thank you so much. And, you know, I'm so happy to share a part of my life at this podcast. It was really great being here. Thanks again for listening this week. You can find out more about the guest in the show notes and at RabiaSaid.com. Joe Mafia created the music just for this podcast. Find him on Spotify. That's Joe, M-A-F-F-I-A. And Rob Metke is responsible for our visual design. You can find him online by searching for Rob, M-E-T-K-E. Thanks, Rob. Let me know who you'd like to hear from or about your own experiences defining yourself outside of work. Follow at More Than Work Pod or send a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Or visit our website, morethanworkpod.com. Give us a follow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review if you like. Thanks for listening to More Than Work. While being kind to others, don't forget to be kind to yourself.